Rant and Rave is brought to you by Andrews Technology Group. Make sure you hit them up at A-N-D-R-E-W-S Technology Group.com. DJs, promoters, small business owners, get your technology and website needs met. Hey, Soka lovers, it's Soka Say So. And this chick. And we're back for episode eight of the special limited series. We have a collection of interviews with people all around the world about the global Black Lives Matter movement. In this episode, we are talking with Sandy Villikens out of Germany, who, where they had the largest anti-racism protest outside of the U.S. She's going to talk about her thoughts on why this happened and what she hopes will result from this outcry for human rights. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Soka lovers. Welcome back to the Rant and Rave podcast. I'm speaking today with Sandy Villikens from Stuttgart in Germany. Um, Sandy comes to us at, with a wealth of information for the arts and literature cultural scene in North and South parts of Germany. And she's going to tell us a little bit about what is going on with the protests for Black Lives Matter in Germany. Uh, Sandy, I actually just saw an article that said that Germany had the largest demonstration for anti-racism outside of the U.S., um, I guess that's uh, true. I didn't know the numbers. I didn't know about I in Germany. I've uh, I saw on television protests in Paris and other uh, big cities as well and other uh, countries. But uh, I also know that uh, in Munich, in all the big cities, there was protest. There were protests uh, in Germany, huge protests. Um, uh, without sometimes without masks, so people were taking risks to be there and to fight. Mm. Yeah, I was looking at some of this and you said you mentioned that there are protests happening all throughout Germany. It's not necessarily in, in the poorer or more affluent areas. It's happening everywhere. Why do you think it's resonating with people regardless of their financial status? I think it has to do with our history. It has to do with um Oppressing people with um, digesting World War uh, II, uh, being a nation who killed uh, a lot of people. So um, we have a, a strong getting the, the right movement in Germany is getting stronger um, or has been getting stronger. I hope it's st- it stopped now. But um, so um, I think people are going on the streets and demonstrating also because they never want uh, things like uh, they they heard or experienced um, like things from the Second World War again. They never want to, um, to have a situation where other people um, are endangered mm-hmm. by by racists. Yeah, and that, of course, obviously with Germany is a major stain on the history. And so you mentioned that the right, or I'm assuming the more conservative groups, are getting more traction. Is that recently? What do you think is causing that happening? It has happened. Well, maybe there was a trigger. Maybe it was the refugees. I don't know, the wars and all the people coming in. But there has been a movement uh, before it. It's Somehow it's stronger in Eastern Germany, 
And um, I think it also has to do with um, people felt neglected and they saw people, refugees get uh, money and they uh, were sort of um, forgotten for a while. And then they decided, okay, we we are Germans, we are a nation, we have to uh, stick together. And why do they get something? So it was some kind of jealousy maybe. But um, interesting is that uh, the, the right uh, movement, right-wing movement is not only getting stronger in Germany, but also uh, countries like France had, it had been strong there for a while. And that these were the nations that were uh, suffering from uh, Hitler and everything that happened in World War II. So um, also the Netherlands. And um, a couple of years ago, there was, uh, I, I remember New Year's Eve and there was an election the year coming up. And um, we were wondering because three or four nations surrounding Germany were uh, about to select um, their government anew. And um, all of them, including Austria, and all of them were uh, sort of, okay, is the right wing strong enough to get uh, power, to, to get inf uh, more influence on, on, uh, on decisions? And um, sometimes people decided just in, in advance before the election, it looked like the right wing would win, but then uh, it just turned just yeah. before, uh, just at, during the election and um yeah but it was an interesting time and um i think it has to do with um fears and um yeah just thinking i'm not getting enough myself it's, yeah yeah so it's more of like a nationalist movement where it's you know germany for germans without you know actually saying that but really just kind of trying to identify their own space yeah Okay. Yeah, we're seeing that happen. Obviously, I'm based in the U.S. I'm in Brooklyn. And we're seeing that kind of nationalist, um, whether it's propaganda or it's just people speaking out. And this, of course, is leading to violence outside of just police brutality. This is leading to violence among the different racial groups. Has Germany recently... Um, you know, in a time that you can remember, at least, <laughs> had real uprisings before. I'm wondering what is what is a major reason for this to be so huge when obviously, unfortunately, George Floyd's murder was not the first time there was a black American killed by police. What what is sparking this like major move this time around? In Germany, there had been protests um uh, the the student movement and um, in this uh, late late sixties and stuff and there were demonstrations and stuff and then uh, when I was younger people were not demonstrating I remember while I was studying there was there wasn't there weren't any demonstrations so even if I would have wanted to demonstrate I would have had to initiate one You'd demonstration. Have been doing it by <laughs> And um, it, it had nothing to do that the um, that everything was all right, but people were just the young people who usually are. Um, yeah, they're at the forefront of these things. Sometimes in Germany it is different now, um, but but you're right; they are the one that initiate things um, most of the time. But in Germany, uh, all these people that um, have had been demonstrating in the late sixties, 
they have started um, demonstrating again at one point. And um, in, I can just say from my hometown, Stuttgart, I don't know whether it, it made uh, the news in, in the US, but um, the train station, they wanted to rebuild the train station. And all of a sudden, um, because it was a project that costs millions and millions and millions, and um, there is no end in sight of the construction site. Mm. So um, people started to demonstrate older people, people from uh, who were active in the 60s. And they um, they had time, of course, and they went on the streets and they started demonstrating again. And all of a sudden there was um, another demonstration. There was one against uh, um, the uh, atom atomic uh, power in Germany or um, mm. there were uh, movements against... Um, the, uh, not against, but um, started by Greta Thunberg and um, Thunberg, mm -hmm. and uh, people in Germany started uh, to go on the streets uh, and and demonstrate. And I, I think it's um, yeah, it's it's a new uh, courage to mm -hmm. um, to get together and to to uh, put a place aside to um, to move something to um, actually uh, cha bring change. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, I don't know the racial makeup of the German cities. Um, is there a large enough Black population where it becomes kind of like, you know, this isn't just happening to Black people in a particular community. They're in all of our communities. Is there really a large enough Black population that is sparking that? Or is it white Germans just being like, you know what, we, we can't do this anymore. We can't have this be our legacy. I think it's um there are um some black people it's not um it's not uh, a huge population but um where I am right now it's uh close to Kreisheim Kreisheim is about uh, 1 hour away from Stuttgart and um the US army had uh, had been here so um there there are you can see black people in the street not a lot but uh also in Stuttgart um also the army and then there um if you get closer to France you get um it's a history of colonization, I guess. Uh, it's the language you speak. Um, that country is your preference if you come to Europe as a refugee. Also, of course, with Germany, it's a matter of um, having chances um, to, um, to, to have perspectives of... Um, Am I able to start a new life here? Am I able to, um, to have a better life in Germany? has a reputation for uh, for being more uh, open now, which also, I guess, has to do with the Second World War because the guilt that um, Germans still carry <laughs> with them. But mm -hmm. um, what you see in Germany is um, it started in the 60s um, or maybe even earlier. A lot of people from Turkey, from Greece, from um, also Syria and um Spain and um, just people that came to Germany as workers because of uh, after the world, the, um, the economic miracle that started because um, the economy was taking off and we needed workers, workers, workers. There weren't enough uh, workers, um, men, mainly men who got killed in the world war. So um, we needed workers and people came. We called uh, for help and, and Italians came and, um, so uh, there is a mi it's it's mixed. The population in Germany is mixed. I don't know the, if the protests are just um, in particular for black 
lives for, for black people in sympathy of what happened in the United States. States, But for me, it is also um, just to, um, to put a sign uh, against uh, racism in general. Mm. It's not just... Uh, it's to to say we're uh, the population that is open, that um, is supportive, is larger than the right wing. Wow. Yeah. And that's an important message to send. Um, is it an election year in, in Germany? Mm, there will be an election next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it, there is an election coming up. Sorry. I don't know whether it's this year or next year, but there is an election coming up. And... Um, they are also calculating already um, because the chancellor Angela Merkel, she's not, um, she's not, uh, she she wants to quit. She doesn't want to continue. Mm. So um, people are getting in in the right position to um, maybe get a chance. Mm. So um, it has people are using COVID nineteen. Or at least that what the, that's what the news say um, that they're using COVID nineteen to um, to have uh, like support uh, people with their taxes and mm. uh, as a sign we're we're um, we're being strong for you not uh, paying as much taxes now that you maybe lost some income but um, vote for us I mean that's mm -hmm. part of it of course but mm -hmm. um, I don't think the protests. Um, the black support support for black people has to do something with the election. Mm. Yeah, because for us, I mean, it is an election year, but it's not only that, you know, obviously as a black person, this is something that, you know, for survival we need to do. Um, but we are seeing that there are po politicians who are getting involved and trying to be a little more vocal because they do want to be you know, elected to certain offices. We have primaries. We definitely have local elections. Um, and so they're being a little more vocal. But you mentioned COVID-19 being kind of the thing that is sparking some political discourse. Do you think that might also have contributed to why people are, are going out into the streets, breaking quarantine, and like you said, wearing or not wearing masks? Do you think that that's affecting this at all? Hmm. I think it might it might be um, an, an, a new one freedom to <laughs> to go outside and yeah. to um, to get together, and you're doing it for a good cause, but also to show um, there has been uh, a discussion in, in Germany, and there have been before before um, George Floyd happened in the United States. There were protests against the um, the. Um, uh, rules and regulations the German government uh, decided to um, to force upon the people <laughs> during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So uh, people were protesting against uh, the lockdown and against um, restrictions in their own lives. And that they said um, the fundamental law says um, that we have a right to do that. And it's um, they, they use the fundamental law um, to argue that uh, they they need their freedom, of course. Um, I'm I wasn't the I wasn't that opinion. I thought uh, respect uh, before uh, respect for other lives, which also um, includes staying at home, keeping others safe. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So that was my uh, opinion. Um, but um, people were, uh, especially in Stuttgart and Munich and Berlin, were going on the streets and demonstrating for for their rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do have that as like, you know, this is the the quarantine, the lockdown. This is a, an opportunity. I don't want to say an excuse, but it is an opportunity for people to simply go outside, um, <laughs> to go outside to march, to protest but really just to be outside, to break quarantine, to gather together. Um, And we are seeing that as well. We had some protests in the U.S., uh, very odd and violent ones, um, where we're a gun country, so they had guns, uh, where they wanted to break quarantine and they felt like being locked up or being told you can't go to your hair salon or to the bar is so infringing on their rights that they need to take guns to their politicians' offices. So I mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> and I was not of that mindset either. This is about keeping other people safe. And I think that whole, uh, to me, I feel like COVID, COVID helped push that message that we are a global community. You know, mm-hmm. you have to keep other people safe. This isn't just about you want to. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have to think of other people. And now when you are seeing other people, you know, exposed to brutality and violence, it's already in your consciousness that we are a global community. We need to think about other people. Yeah. yeah COVID uh, was a, was a strange thing because it was um, <laughs> a pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> or it is a pandemic disease. It was um, everybody, everybody was feeling, um, The, the virus did not stop, uh, no matter uh, what what skin color or what uh, what mm-hmm. your statue of uh, wealth income is, or it doesn't it doesn't have any borders in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, maybe you're right. It's um, and I would I just um, I'm a white person, but I would go onto the streets and demonstrate with the others. Hopefully, keeping distance to the others with 1.5 <laughs> meters. <laughs> But I would um, demonstrate uh, really every day um, for the respect, uh, if for respect for other lives and equality in um, in the way people are treated, no matter by whom, because I think everybody has to be um, treated as um, yeah. There's a, you have to be you have to have respect for life in general. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is my personal opinion. So I can t- completely understand um, that with your history of um, uh, s- slavery and everything that happened, there have there has been so much, and um, you fought, fought, fought. Um, I, as a literature, um, as somebody who studied literature, especially African American literature, and um, then later on by by women, I um, I read many essays, many books about uh, oppression and um, a struggle for, um, uh, like, in search of our mother's gardens, of um, Mm -hmm. being recognized as somebody who is creative, just as as creative as other people who are recognized uh, as being very creative and just finding ways and and just, um, yeah, it's it's not, uh, our world is not tolerant enough. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I know that, We have to fight for it. I just wish it would um, it would somehow um, be easier, be 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 more. Um, people would reflect more about what they are doing and and why they're doing it and whether it's wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And I love that you bring literature into it because you know there have been people who have 
been excluded from the canon, right? You know, I, I studied English. Mm-hmm. That was my degree. Um, and there were stories and there were authors who were excluded from the canon. These are not the people you need to know in order to get the degree. And there is something about being able to see yourself represented in art, in literature, to hear stories that you can personally identify with. And when you take that away, that does do something to the consciousness of people when they can't see themselves reflected in art, Mm -hmm. when you have a standard of what art is, what beauty is, and you know that your personal experience is not included. I know. Yeah. It's, um, it's what, uh, what somebody in, from Trinidad, uh, told me once. It's, uh, you read, what you read in Trinidad or what you read in Trinidad as a schoolboy back in, in the, uh, 50s was Charles Dickens and you read about snow, but you had no idea what snow was yeah. because you were, that was not your literature. That was not your, um, you weren't able to, to capture it because you don't, you have, don't have a concept of what snow is. And, yeah. um, Yeah, just um, having the right for um, finding the language, finding a language that other people are reading, then that is maybe a job for translators because I um, I think it's it's a right to, even if you're a small country, if you have a language that is um, not a, a first world world, uh, like English, Spanish or whatever, French, um, you still have a right to be read. Mm-hmm. Uh so um, that is a part, maybe translators, not Google Translator, maybe, <laughs> but, but um, capable people um, who had the right to have education, who had the money to have education, who were, who were uh, looking forward to be educated, um, to find education. Um, that is, yeah, that is the next thing to, um, where, where does it start? Mm-hmm. Where do you start if you want to change uh, how people uh, are, are looking at each other? Yeah. And I think sharing our stories is very important. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast to share your story. For the people who don't know and who are listening, uh, Sandy and I met when we did a study abroad in Trinidad, of all places. Um, <laughs> and we were there to learn Trinidad's culture, art, history, and carnival. And we were both looking at it from different lenses, different perspectives, but we were both able to see the art and and beauty in Trinidadian culture. And, you know, we both fell in love with the music, the the language, everything about it. Um, And you were doing a lot more with like physical art. I was working at a mask camp. Yeah. I was disguising. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> no, that was really interesting with Peter Minchel at the mask camp. And um, I learned a lot. I learned, I came from Germany to the United States and I, um, it was, a, it was um, a slowly getting uh, in touch with, with uh, different nationalities. And, um, and then I ended up in Trinidad and, Being um, somebody living in a wild, a white world, wild and white world, <laughs> <laughs> and um, coming to an even wilder island, <laughs> um, and uh, be all of a sudden being being a minority, being white, 
on an mm-hmm. island um, where people are, uh, you ob- obviously stick out and people are yelling uh, in the streets, uh, white coconut girl, or just teasing you because of your skin color, which was for me an experience of how it, um, how it must feel for somebody um, who, who comes to Germany and uh, just does not have the typical German looks. If there is such a thing as a typical German look, there is a stereotype, but uh, it's not true. I can tell you. (laughs) We do have dark haired people. um, Yeah, it's um, Trinidad was interesting for me. That was um, in all different um, regards. Uh, Carnival Carnival was for me uh, and a crucial experience. The... um, we we have a different carnival in in Germany. It's not the um, there isn't a, stro- a political political aspect as strong as in Trinidadian ca- um, carnival. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy we met in Trinidad. Yeah, absolutely. Because we were both the outsiders. I mean, you you physically looked like an outsider, but I was also an outsider. And we got there, and we were able to really just enjoy the space and and learn about the culture. I think that is something that was really important uh, that, you know, Dr. Riggio and Tony Hall did for us was really helping us understand and learn the culture. So we're not just visiting and and looking at this from a distance or through a lens, but really understanding why people play mass, why Juve is important, what this music means, what the dancing means, what the artistry is. And so it was a great way to just kind of share together. And I really want to continue that, you know, helping people just learn about each other this this earth is not that big especially with the invention of airplanes it's right. just, it takes me from where i live it takes me just um by train there's a really fast train two and a half hours and i'm in paris i can have breakfast in paris if i want to <laughs> if i if i would get on that train which i hardly ever do but <laughs> but, I but it's be. an option it's an option. And New York is just six hours away. It's really, it's not that far, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes the distance uh, seems to be um, invin- invincible. No, mm-hmm. unconquerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It makes it seem like we're so far apart, but with technology, with, you know, the, the internet, with of course being able to travel once we're able to travel again, um, <laughs> once, <laughs> once places open their borders up, it's great to go and experience other cultures, learn about different people, hear other languages, be a foreigner, you know, be the outsider yeah. to really get yeah. a perspective. And I think that does help and it does shape people. And if we had more opportunities for that, we wouldn't be creating so many barriers between each other that cause racial divides. There's nothing I can say. It's exactly what I feel. It's travel, broaden your mind, be open. Uh, treat others like you want to be treated yourself and um, just share. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for jumping on this podcast. I so appreciate it. I love hearing what's going on. It was Um, a pleasure. (laughs) And we don't, we shouldn't need a podcast to catch up. We will catch up again. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we do. (laughs) And I hope, I really hope the protests will change or bring some change in in the United States. 
Yes. Not just with, I, mean, I know that it's not just black lives, it's um, queer lives, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's everything. It's all minorities, it's Mexican life. Everything that uh, needs support, uh, hopefully finds support through that movement right now. Yes, absolutely. That is the goal. All right, ladies. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. And I will put all of your, you know, if there are any links to anything you want people to read about, to know about, to contribute to, I will put that into the show notes. But I just want to say thank you so much for joining the podcast. I look forward to having many more discussions. Hopefully we never need to talk about this again because it's fixed, right? Yes. <laughs> it's over. Remember that time when racism was a thing? Boy, glad that's done. all right thank you wow well first of all kudos to you to getting somebody from germany i did not think we were going to get that perspective um but she's right i definitely had the preconceived notion that you know people in germany would not be caring about black lives Yeah. And like she said, they are trying to move away from that history, move away from those connotations that they are all still, you know, following Nazi rules. Um, She she wanted to really express that in Germany, you know, they had the largest anti-racism movement outside of the U.S. Um, They're really trying to wipe away that history and just show that they're an inclusive country where people can come and have a better life. Yeah. And I love the visual of the older generation uh, finding their voice, taking to the streets, and the younger generation joining them in in, in the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so different from how things happen in most places. Usually, it's the young people um, leading these kinds of things. But yeah, that was. It's really interesting to just get all of these different perspectives and just see how this movement has legs and how so many people are like, no, we cannot have this be the legacy of our countries, of our humanity. We just can't have this be it. We have to change things. Yes. And speaking of legs, can I please move mine? (laughs) Yes. I want to rave. I'm ready to rave. And I really... I'm going to just move on the the sentiment of getting up, moving on, and I choose Teddy and John Ali. Hey, hey, start it now. Hey, allow we do it now. Step forward, I move forward. I step forward. Everybody, Ali, 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 Ali. It's time to get up and start moving. I feel it nice, but the path that I chose comes with battles to fight. As long as I'm living, my future is shaping, and where I am heading, got no time for problems. Hold the weight on your shoulder, put the problems behind you. If you fall on just get up and get your head out the dirt and when they try to bat my I'm a fan.
You know, I still can't listen to that song without doing the dance. <laughs> you gotta do the dance. I love it. I love it that Tedison John is just always so positive and always really trying to come with lyrics to really just, you know, give you a moment to reflect and think about things. And that's a great choice for this because Black Lives Matter is a movement. People are getting up and moving. Yes. Time to get up and start moving, people. Get out there. The mission is not over. Mm-hmm. It's not done. There's still work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to know who's still out there. Who's still protesting? Uh, what are you guys doing? Are you, are you protesting on the internet? Are you pro- protesting in the streets? Comment. Let us know. Definitely let us know what is going on where you are. Obviously, we are getting perspectives from around the world, but hit us up. Make sure you follow Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com. Follow Dish Chick on all social media or go to D-Y-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. And subscribe to the Rant and Ray podcast. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>